0: Our scripture this morning will start out in the Gospel of Mark, which, if you've never read one of the biographies of Jesus, this is the one that I personally will often point people to because it's shortest and it's action-packed, and it just gives you a sense of Jesus as a living, breathing, controversial person. But this is how the Gospel starts. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it's written in Isaiah the prophet, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Then we get John the Baptist bursting on the scene, who draws crowds from all over the place to come and hear him. They're going out, not just a few minutes, not just a few miles, but... They're walking out miles and miles to hear him preach out by the River Jordan. And he's telling them that this, this other person will be coming who's way more engaging, way more charismatic than he is, and all these things are going to happen. And in those days, when John the Baptist is preaching, starting in verse 9, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart, the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out in the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with wild beasts. And the angels waited on him. The word of the Lord. thanks be to god God. the idea of jesus as social guy is a really good one actually all the way through the gospels it's very clear jesus loves people he's spending time with people he's always when we think of him we think of jesus with crowds around him and jesus with his 12 disciples and jesus you know, in the room and it's packed and it's so packed that nobody else can even get in. So people are outside waiting to hear and waiting to come in and get healed. And in fact, Jesus is so much the, the social creature that the, the rumor that went around and the, the attack, the innuendo that went around is that he's he's a glutton and a drunkard because he's just pardoning way too much for a respectable religious But what may surprise us in that image is on a more careful reading, perhaps, of these biographies of Jesus, the ones we know as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. As we read these stories of Jesus, these biographies of Jesus, there's times that Jesus is actually not with other people. There's times that Jesus does the social isolation thing. Now, a lot of us are struggling with exactly that right now, right? We are not with our friends. We're not, many of us, with our coworkers. Even if we are with coworkers, there's that sort of awkward six-foot distance we're supposed to keep, which we never had to before. And right, you, you, you're out walking your dog and you see an old friend and somebody who your paths don't normally cross and you want to go in for the handshake and the hug and six-foot distance. And what do we do with this time, right? What do we do with this time that we're stuck at home and we're not with our friends and our co-workers and the people we would normally spend time with, and let's be honest. FaceTime and video chat is not the same thing as being with other people. What do, what do we do with this time? What do we do with our desire to be social creatures and suddenly that's away and not going to happen? And if we're really honest with the statistics at the moment, it's not going to be happening for a while. What do we do with this whole social distance thing? What what might we let God do with our hearts in this time? And it's, as with many, many other things, I think it's worthwhile to see how Jesus handled social distance. Both the voluntary and the involuntary, by the way. This first story, right at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, you've got this Old Testament prophecy that just stands in for countless others, ways that Israel has been looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. And then it's not just that there's this anticipation long denied, this anticipation long was unfulfilled as far as they could see, but this anticipation that something is about to happen and and then it does. This guy, John, shows up in the wilderness and announces that the Messiah is about to come. And people are coming to him. Again, droves of people. No social distance here. There are droves of people crowding around to recognize the ways that they haven't been living as if God's promises are true. They haven't been living as as if God's goodness were as rich and full as is. And then, the story turns. This this guy appears, and John allows himself to baptize this person, Jesus, who comes to him, and John announces, if you read the other Gospels, announces, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, this dramatic voice from heaven, this... And you expect that the action is going to really kick up now. And instead, the Spirit chucks Jesus into the wilderness, this this word here in this particular translation, New Revised Standard, I'm not sure does it quite uh, justice, because the Spirit uh, descending upon him like a dove, and the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, the word here is the same word used to cast out all kinds of things, to chuck out, to throw out, the Spirit pushes Jesus out away from people. Things slow down. Things, plans that other people certainly had for him, expectations that they may have had, John the Baptist included, don't happen now. And yet Jesus uses this time involuntary in his humanity as it may be. Jesus uses this time productively. In fact, there's a long tradition in both Christianity and Judaism, and indeed in ways in other religions, we're all made in the image of God, and sometimes we see these patterns play out, but especially in the Christian tradition, there's a long pattern, biblically and in the history of the church, of God using periods of solitude, to shape us, to fashion us, to begin to show us what's at the root of who we are and to reconnect us with God. When we no longer have the, the people around us, there's a way that God can use that time if we open ourselves to him, to use that time to get in touch with what. Am I working towards in life? What is driving me? How have I let the, the busyness of life and the pressures of other people come in and shape me in ways that maybe haven't been entirely helpful And to reflect? And we know that Jesus uses this time well in the wilderness for two reasons. One is, when he comes and is tempted, and the Gospels of Matthew and Luke play this out in greater depth, when Satan comes and tempts him, When the opposer, the accuser, comes and attempts to pull Jesus out of his mission, Jesus is able to respond directly with Scripture. Jesus has been using this time well to reflect, to reach out to God, to let God speak to him. And when temptation comes his way, he's ready because he's used that time of of isolation. Well, The other reason we know he's used this time well is the next verse we get in the Gospel of Mark, and indeed this is how the story is told in the other Gospels as well. After this time of temptation, isolation, away from other people, when Jesus does come back to his, let's face it, more normal social life, After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God, the gospel of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled. We're done with the waiting. This time that has been promised, it's it's here now. The kingdom of God has come very close. Change your hearts and minds and believe and trust this good news. And all of a sudden, Jesus explodes onto the scene. His words, coming not just as words of a mere human, but his words have power. His deeds have power, which is another evidence of him using that time of isolation, social distance, well. And again, for a lot of us, we we we're not choosing this. I mean, we're loving our neighbor by, in fact, choosing to follow the recommendations of social health, public health authorities. But we didn't choose this whole situation. But even with not choosing it, we can use the time well. Now, some of you are now thinking, wait a minute, I actually have less social isolation now. Do you understand that I'm stuck at home with kids, as I am sure that my wife is feeling and thinking right now, and she is not alone, right? For a lot of us, we are actually spending more time with people. Maybe some of us had crafted a life where we actually had a lot of time on our own, and there was a mix, and some time with friends, and a lot of time alone, and now all of a sudden, we're stuck at home with family, and you may be thinking, wait a minute, this, this, this isn't what I'm feeling right now. I'm not spending the time that I would like to with the people I'd like to. I'm actually stuck in this intense social environment. What about me? Well, the Gospel of Mark actually tells us a story that I think gives us a little insight into how we can use that time as well. As we move on in Mark, he calls the first four disciples. They leave their boats. It's a famous story if you've you've been around to school. He goes in, he heals a person on the Sabbath, which causes a little ruffle, but he's heard in the synagogue, sort of the, the church of the day, he's he's heard and he, they acknowledge that he's speaking with authority. People are wondering, wait a minute, who is this person? And then because he performs this healing, he touches Simon's mother-in-law, and heals her of a fever, I might point out, which is particularly feels relevant in our moment, heals Simon's mother-in-law of the fever, and she's immediately well enough to begin engaging. So that evening, mill travels fast in the small town. That evening, verse 32, at sundown, they brought to Jesus all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door, and it cured many who were sick with various diseases cast many demons, and he wasn't permitting them to speak because they knew who he was. This is Jesus, how we picture him often, right? Like, with the crowds, touching people, patient with people, and that is absolutely true. But notice what happens next. In the morning, verse 35, chapter 1, in the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him, which means he found a good spot to hide, to be alone. He was there for a while. And when they found Jesus, they said to him, come on, everyone's looking for you. And he answered, well, okay, let's get up and go to the neighboring town so I can proclaim the message there also. That is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues. And yes, opposing evil to casting out demons. For those of us in that opposite situation where we actually in some ways have less social isolation than we had before our lives are actually more filled with people than we had before honestly this call to solitude may be for some of us a call into being intentionally alone to figure out a way to put it off on the significant other to take care of the kids put it off on someone else to that's in the household to, to make sure that other duties are covered and to, to find ways to intentionally be alone. Because again, whether this is put on us or whether we choose into solitude, what we see with Jesus is he actually needed that time. I don't know about you but after i've had a long hard night i enjoy people i'm a pastor it fits me well but when i've had a long long day where i'm with people all day long my first instinct the next morning is not to get up extra early and isolate myself so that i have time with god my instinct is to turn off the alarm clock and sleep But if we see Jesus doing it, who's the very Son of God, who's filled with the Spirit, and he needs time alone in prayer, I think we do too. And again, for a lot of us, this may actually be harder in this situation than it was before because we don't have the ability to sit in an empty house and get time with God. We don't have the ability to go to the break room when we know that nobody else will be there. We don't have the ability to go to the coffee shop at the time and sit at the table that we know that no one takes. We're going to have to be creative to find time to be alone with Jesus. But here's what I find encouraging about holding both of these stories in tension. And actually putting them together is that whether our social isolation is put on us, just the circumstances of life and the work of the Holy Spirit and the sovereignty of God, we find ourselves alone, or whether we have to find some way to to shove off and get ourselves some time alone. In this time where all of us, as the whole society, are having to reshuffle all kinds of things, this is an opportunity that we ought not miss an opportunity for us, actually, to create new rhythms, new patterns in our everyday life. To allow God to enter into our hearts and minds and lives. To give us his love and us to begin to love him in return through time alone with him. So if this is a struggle for you, if if this is a struggle, and it's going to be a learning process for all of us, myself included, please reach out. All of our elders at IPC are available to, to talk with you. Your small group leaders are available to talk with you. Ingrid, if you're in the choir, and honestly, if you're not, is available to talk with you. We would love to dialogue with you about ways that God may be using this time as crazy as it is. Bring you close to him in new ways to open up your heart in the solitude whether it's chosen or put on you there's all kinds of useful helps that Christians have experienced over the centuries I'd love to just dialogue with you and as I hear more of your story to suggest some things you can try and pray with you please reach out to us there's a message button right there on Facebook page You can can push that and type out, and again, one of us will be in touch with you shortly. We would love for this to be a time where even if we're physically distant, we begin to connect with each other and with God in new ways. Let's let him do his work in us and not miss this opportunity. Thanks be to God. Please join me. Lord, we thank you for for this word. We thank you for your promise that it's not just reading about you, Jesus, way back, but it's you by your spirit who are with us right now, and not even just with us, that the promise is that we're invited to be in some mysterious way in you and you in us, to be one with you like you're one with the Father. And in these times where you are all we have, open us up this reality and make us whole. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.